Welcome to Tech News Nerds, your source for the latest in tech. If you're coming back from the first episode, we really appreciate it. Thank you. If you're new here, welcome. Um, I'm your co-host, Adam, and this is Johannes. Hi. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of interesting stories for you guys today, so stay tuned. We're going to start off with the Note 20 Ultra. So there's a lot of controversy within this phone right now. I personally have one and I really enjoy it, but there is a discrepancy in the cooling systems. No matter if you have the Exynos version, the Snapdragon version, there's two cooling options. One is the copper vapor chamber and the other is the graphite thermal pad. So Zach from Jerry Rig Everything brought this to more light. We actually saw it on Reddit a little bit before, but he showed that his note, which was the international version, had a graphite thermal pad in it and explaining how that was inferior and that maybe this was leading to the thermal problems we heard with the note. Now, actually, and let me pull this up for you guys. So right here, I fix it, showed this off a little before Zach, but he was a big part of this as well. And then I saw on Reddit a link to this. Now, in this Reddit and this video, it explained that Zach was wrong for what he said about the graphite thermal pad. This video goes on to say that actually these pads are quite expensive. Samsung wasn't cutting out on um, cost here and their thermal conductivity was very good even in comparison to copper. So that lies the question, what's going on here? And what I first thought was maybe it had to do with the shortage of materials due to the current state of the world. But that could play a role, and maybe Samsung found a decent alternative in the graphite pad. I'm not exactly sure if it's inferior or not, but this um, Reddit article, which became into a tweet and YouTube video, seems to state that using data, the thermal graphite pads are actually quite effective. So what do you think, Johannes? Um, yeah, I, well... Historically, we've seen that um, data doesn't really translate exactly to user experience. And it's the same thing with specs. They only tell half the story. So um, the fact that we have, you know, seen um, Samsung manufacture devices with copper pipes and copper heat sinks, and they haven't had any significant um, thermal issues. And the first time they actually try switching to another material, we, you know, were met with so much um, controversy surrounding it. I feel, yeah, despite the fact that, you know, on paper or you know, spec-wise or theoretically speaking, graphite is a viable al- alternative to copper, it might not, you know, really perform as well in your day-to-day use um, because most of the devices that have been overheating, I am pretty sure, are the ones with the graphite, you know, cooling system. And regardless of how they said it's going to, or regardless of how this article says it's going, or this Reddit rather is going, um, says it it shouldn't really have that much difference between the both materials, we can obviously see it's not just one person or two people saying that their devices are overheating. We have tens and probably even hundreds of people who have the same problem. And the scary part of this all is the fact that you know, you, you don't know, you can't tell. You, you, you definitely would not know if you have the, um, 
you know, copper version or the graphite version. It's not like they gave the copper version to um, Snapdragon devices or the graphite version right. to Exynos. Yeah, it would have been easier to like, you know, um, discern what the problem was if there was more of a clear disparity. But there isn't. It's like random and you just have to, you know, sit and pray that your phone doesn't get so hot. Right. And that's a great point. It might not exactly translate to how we're seeing it exactly. I personally have the Note 20 Ultra and I haven't experienced those heating problems. Now, maybe that's due to me having the Snapdragon version due to the difference in processors because we know Exynos does get a lot hotter. But that being said, if maybe I do have the copper vapor chamber, I don't know which one exactly I have. And that's like what you said, that's the hardest part about all of this. We can't determine what exactly factor. Is it the Exynos chipset? Is it the 120 hertz display? Because that's new. Is it the thermal pad versus copper? We just are seeing a lot of issues with this note, which is quite sad because I'm enjoying my time with mine. Of course you would enjoy your time with yours. It costs, the, <laughs> it's, it's like, like Marquez said in his video. I mean, yeah, it's a great device, but at $1,300, it better be. Like, yeah. We expect yeah, nothing less. It's so expensive. Right. So. Okay. So we'll go on to our next story. That was interesting. Let us know what you guys think about the Note 20 Ultra in the comments. If you are watching on YouTube or if you're listening on Anchor or Spotify, feel free to tweet at us at Tech News Nerds. Yep. One Tech News Nerds underscore one. Yeah, Correct. That's and it. That, yeah. <laughs> and that'll be linked in the YouTube video as well. But we also are bringing it to Apple and Google podcasts coming soon. So stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. All right. So our next story has to do with the iPhone 12 Pro series. So there was a lot of news. From the last week when we recorded this we talked about how there would not be 120 hertz that seems to be up in the air now which is a good thing and we talked about some of the decreases in um the different aspects of the phone in comparison to what we thought it would be now everything apple pro and john prosser both came out with separate pvt model videos showing that 120 hertz is running on the iphone 12 pro max as well as the iPhone 12 Pro. John Prosser showed it on the 12 Pro Max and everything Apple Pro showed it on the 12 Pro. So there is some hope for um, 120 Hertz on the iPhone 12 Pro series. Now, Ross Young, who is a display expert, came in and said, um, there's production issues with the drivers. Apple's gonna have to push back the iPhone 12 Pro series if they want to have 120 hertz on it. So the production issue could be where we might not see 120 hertz because I don't feel like Apple wants to push this back even more than they already have. (laughs) And that's sad to me because I love 120 hertz, but there's some other things to talk about with these leaks as well. So everything Apple Pro did talk about the production costs of 5G and that is why we're getting smaller batteries. He explained that with um, sub six, that's about $80 increase in Apple's production costs and, well, per model, of course, and the um, millimeter wavelength also costs 150 if you have sub six and millimeter wave. So that's going to be a good chunk in production costs for Apple. So that's probably why we are seeing these smaller batteries because they got to save costs somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then the final part of all this, before we get on to our thoughts, is the A14 Bionic. Everything Apple Pro showed that it has a 15% performance increase from the A13 Bionic, which was already an incredible chipset. So that's going to be very nice, as well as 20% plus efficiency, which will help with the smaller batteries, of course. So what do you think about this, Johannes? Um, you know, ironically, I just um, shot a video for like the iPhone 12 series leaks so far today. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I watched this video um, by John Prosser talking about everything you said. And yeah, I, I had this conversation with a friend a few days ago, actually, um, about 120 hertz. And I was trying to explain to him that, you know, I wouldn't be like, I take a lot of things that Apple do and I just take it as, okay, it's Apple. They're being Apple. They want the technology to be, you know, near perfect before they um, implement it into their devices. But then I feel like they don't have a a good reason not to introduce 120 Hertz because we've had promotion displays on iPads for a long time now. They've already, yeah, they've already been using the 120 Hertz technology on their other devices on the iPads. So Personally, I'm not an an Apple engineer. I don't know what goes on at Apple, but I don't think it would be so difficult for them to, you know, um, transfer that technology into the iPhones. And if like what we've heard is true and they're having problems with the drivers and so on and so forth, and they might have to push down, um, push back the, um, you know, release of the devices, then, I mean, it might, I think it's worth it, honestly, to like, you know, have it a couple of weeks or maybe a month delayed, but then you get more, even more future proofing on your device. Like, okay, it comes with 5G. It probably is going to have um, LiDAR, uh, the LiDAR sensor yeah. and so on and yeah. so forth. It's going to have all of the things we expect from the new iPhone. And then it got it gets 120 hertz display. And then your entire experience just, you know, skyrockets because um the few times i've used an iphone like the ios experience is like really smooth and now just imagine that on 120 hertz display like it's just you have to do it It, it's something a lot of people would want so yeah yeah those are my thoughts basically absolutely which is definitely valid the only thing i'll defend apple here in is in comparison to the ipad these will be on oled displays which changes a little bit of how you do the technology the with the oled displays we've seen some kind of um differences in whether it's one plus eight pro you've seen the tinting issues and everything so maybe apple you know they're very conservative they don't want a single issue with any of this and maybe that could be holding them back just a little bit but we know with being conservative another point here which I thought was interesting was in the image itself, it showed that the notch was the same exact size as we covered in the last video, all Mm -hmm. but confirming it. And again, I'm not happy. (laughs) (laughs) What are your thoughts about the notch? You know, the funny thing is, like I said, I spoke to a friend yesterday and we talked about the notch and he told me that um, he listened to the first episode of our podcast Oh, and he awesome. enjoyed it. Yeah, he enjoyed it. But then he said, because he's an iPhone user, and he's like, but then the both of us like analyze Apple and their actions from an Android point of like view. And I'm like, how? Yeah. He says, yeah. We're look- yeah, he, he says, we're looking at it like, you know, the way Android companies work. 
they're always pushing out innovation. They're always listening to the consumers. We told um, Samsung we wanted an ultra-wide camera. They gave us an ultra-wide camera. We wanted high refresh rates. They gave us high refresh rates. But Apple, technically, they don't really listen to the consumer. What they listen to is what's going to give them profit. Because, right. yeah, because it's a business at the end of the day. And you don't get um, $2 trillion by giving your consumers everything they want. Now, if they know that it's going to cost them even more money in research and development just to move the speaker a little bit higher and make the notch smaller, then they're definitely going to be like, hmm, do the consumers actually need a smaller notch? Not really. Let's save the money. I do. Let's just... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then that that's the thing though. Like they're they're not even gonna listen. Even if the majority of consumers are like, Apple, we want a smaller notch, give us a smaller yeah. notch, or we riot. Tim Cook is just gonna be in his office like, nah, you don't need it. I know what you need. You don't need yeah. a smaller notch. Absolutely. And I think that's the difference between Tim Cook and Steve Jobs. In the Steve Jobs era, Apple was innovating and Android was the one who were copying them. Exactly. And- now we see it flipped around and yes, it's a great business model. They spend less relatively to the others in research and development, which, you know, it's going to make them more money, send it to the mm-hmm. investors and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I do take offense to call me an Android user. I bought iPhones <laughs> from the six to the 10 every year. <laughs> that was my phone. And I love Apple. I just really hope for better. You know, so it's just kind of funny. Definitely. Oh no, hold on. No, no. Now I take offense because you t- you took offense to be called an Android user. I'm actually an Android user. What what's that supposed to mean? Do you think you're better than well, me? Well, he's saying I'm not coming from a point of an Android user. Man, uh, I might have started on Android, but I switched to iOS pretty decently quickly and stayed there for a while before I'm like, all right, I'm sick of this. <laughs> But yeah, we'll go on to the next story now. We've talked enough about iPhone 12, but it's definitely oh, yeah. interesting to see these takes. I'm sure we'll talk more about it. Oh, yeah. Our next story is on the Surface Duo. And as you guys have probably seen by now, a bunch of the reviewers have gotten in their review units, although they've only been showing the hardware. They cannot show us the software yet at the current point of filming this episode. And a lot of them are expressing how the Surface Duo is actually a marvel hardware wise which Mm -hmm. is quite interesting to me because it does look quite elegant as i've seen looks extremely thin for a quote-unquote foldable we'll talk Mm -hmm. about that but my issue is the price at well it starts at 1400 dollars, guys as you can see on this page it's going to release on september 10th and it's going to be available in a couple configurations i believe i've I think there's a 128 gigabyte storage and a 256, but we'll definitely look into that. So yeah, here's what I want to talk about. I am quite skeptical of it. Um, it's not a foldable, okay? My laptop is <laughs> foldable if this is a foldable. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. So that can't be. But nevertheless, this does have a place somewhere. I think it's mm-hmm. still quite interesting, although the hinge does go in the middle and it would look ridiculous to look at content on this thing well yeah what do you think yeah i'm like you know i think um they were going more like they were going for the um like lg's take on you know foldables it's not it's not meant to be one single uh, one single 
um, media consumption device. They're more like, okay, you can consume media on this screen while you're working on this screen. Like you're doing one thing here and another thing here. Because I mean, look at the hinge. It's like, it's like a bezel. It's an obstruction. Like yeah. you're, you're not going to be watching any Netflix videos on both screens. I mean, it's not, it's not going to be an enjoyable experience. It's, right. It looks you'd like a, a Nintendo man. DS. Yeah, you'd be a madman, exactly. It's like saying you're playing a video game with just one continuous screen on a Nintendo DS. And you, you're like, Hello? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. And my biggest issue is, okay, I'm all right. Maybe there is a thing in the middle here. But mm -hmm. if I want to watch on either screen, I'm still only getting 5.5 inches of an aspect ratio that looks quite weird with these humongous bezels. And it only has a 3,500 milliamp hour battery to power both these things with the Snapdragon 855 that it has in it, which is going to be a quite old chip by the time that this releases September 10th. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the thing. The battery is a big concern because you're powering two quite, um, I wouldn't call them big, but you're powering two displays yeah. and the chipset is not, you know, the latest and greatest from Snap from Qualcomm. It's not going to be as efficient as the 865 series and so on. But I think they would not have, you know, made the decision to, um, you know, put in that amount of battery if they knew that it wouldn't be enough or something. So, yeah, I, I, I just want to believe that Microsoft know what they're doing with this because, to me, someone who has never, you know, used this before and will probably never use this because I don't have a thousand four hundred dollars. <laughs> I don't I, I honestly don't know what the what the need or what the use is. Like I don't know who who the target audience for this is. Yeah. I mean yeah. um Marquez in his video said that um there are a couple of excuses you can make for the Surface Duo. It's, you know, it's a first generation product. It's this, it's that, it's going to get better. The same thing with the Galaxy Fold. It had that hideous notch inside of the phone. The front screen had the big bezels. And now look at the Z Fold 2 flip thingamajig. <laughs> Terrible name. Great naming, right? Well, it's, it's, it's atrocious. It's a travesty. But... The, de the design did get a lot better. You know, the front yeah. display got a lot bigger. Um, they got rid of the notch and replaced it with the hole punch, which looks, which looks much nicer. I preferred, I would have preferred the hole punch to be in the corner, yeah. you know, rather than just like three quarters of a way through. But That's my biggest complaint as well. Obviously, yeah. it can't be in the middle. There's a hint yeah, there. There's so a not a there. possibility. But in the corner, it would have looked a lot better because it just looks very asymmetrical at that point. Uh-huh. But yeah, we're, we're going on a tangent for sure. Yeah, we are. <laughs> well, no, okay. So bringing you back to the um, Surface Duo, um, like I said, I'm not really sure what market they're targeting with this because you can't use this as a phone. I can't. It's going to be like those people who hold tablets up to their ears, like, yeah, hello. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, but like with two hands, it's, you know, you can't use it, use it as so, a phone. You like can't my note it. on my ear, right? Oh no! Come on, Not, you know, your note on your ear looks somewhat manageable. Imagine me with a an iPad Pro on my ear. <laughs> yeah, like I see people do that, and I'm like, that is not what the tablet is for, oh. people. It's like when you see people taking pictures with their tablet. You're like, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, 
so you can't use it as a phone. You can't use it as a laptop because, like, you know, there are no physical keys. You'd have to be typing on a screen as well, which isn't really the most convenient feeling in the world. Right. So, yeah, Microsoft is being just, just a little bit strange with this. It definitely is strange. But, you know, I'm glad they're trying it. I'm going to see software's key. We know it. We see mm-hmm. these specs are meh. But if Microsoft tuned the software to where these reviewers, because they're going to be the ones picking this up, think that, okay, this is useful, then we can get excited for it in the future. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Software is key. I really hope this doesn't end up like the um, Microsoft phones because they had tremendous potential. They did. But then, you know, lack of apps. And then I remember I used to be so jealous of people who had Lumia devices, like yeah. when I was in high school. And I'm like, Oh God, I want one. And then all of a sudden they just disappeared. And I'm like, ah, well, yeah. that sucks. There's only room for two. The devs <laughs> don't want to do three. So that's yeah. that's the hard part. But yeah, mm-hmm. my dad actually had one for work as well. And it was actually really smooth. And the interface was quite nice. But the app yeah. support was horrendous. Definitely. So, yeah. So we're definitely interested to see this. So our next story comes from ZTE. And they are actually the first ones that are commercially going to launch in under display camera which is quite interesting they've kind of said that they've reinvented the display by putting uh, some kind of coating on it right fancy marketing jargon (laughs) hey there's not going to be distortion when i use the under display camera and that's what i saw in xiaomi's first um their first image and prototype of it was that the under display camera did not look good. I believe there was, um, you could clearly kind of see it. It didn't blend in mm-hmm. as nicely. I'm mm-hmm. actually okay with Samsung's hole punch, especially in the Note 20 Ultra. I can barely even tell it's there. And if we go like right here, let's see. Can you find it? <laughs> Where's Waldo? No, I Where's cannot. Waldo? Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely nice, especially when you put one of those wallpapers on it. I don't even see the hole punch anymore. Because Mm -hmm. Samsung actually um, puts um, a bar at the top most of the time, and it's usually black, so it blends in there. I have a background where I can barely see it. There's some games I can see it, but it looks incredible. So, yes, I'm excited to see how this goes for sure. And Xiaomi, actually, and I am definitely butchering their pronunciation, but that is okay. Um, Right here. They're showing that they're going to ship their own one next year. And I think I'm a little more excited for that because I'm a little skeptical of ZTE's version. Although they do say that they have fixed the quote unquote issues. I'm worrying about how the camera quality is going to look. What's mm-hmm. the durability of the display. And if they actually got have no distortion or it looks quite clean with that cutout. So what are your thoughts on this? You know, the thing is... Um... Selfie cameras have always been a very delicate subject matter because, um, you know, people are always with the, you know, rapid advancements or rapid growth of social media and so on and so forth. You know, people's needs for good selfies keep on increasing and increasing. And I feel like anything that could potentially result in the users getting worse selfies people would not really buy into that. You know, that's why a lot of brands always put out this beauty mode and so on and so forth in their devices. They want you to look more appealing than you actually do. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't know why like pores are a bad thing. I like my face with my pores and everything. Like 
No beauty yeah. mode and beauty I think mode. it's better when it shows detail. And yes. sometimes with the skin smoothing, I've definitely seen that oh, on yeah. the note. It's like, ah, mm-hmm. yeah. it turned yeah, it off. I, I hate soft, like soft pictures and yeah. all of that. So yeah, I feel like um, if they claim to have, you know, perfected or refined the technology to a point where distortion is, you know, minimum and or minimal rather and so on and so forth, then okay, I guess all we can do right now is just wait and see how it actually, you know, works in real life. You know, we always say specs only tell half the story. The hardware only tells half the story. Let's see how they're able to like, you know, do it because I feel like a level of software implementation will also be required, you know, for color correction, for maybe lens distortion correction and so on and so forth. So we're going to have to see. Maybe the hardware is actually great, but then they might fall short when it comes to software. Yeah, and that's a great point. We'll definitely have to look for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that's it for that story. Our final story of today is actually quite a new story. It came out this morning exclusively at first on Android Central. And they're saying OnePlus is launching the OnePlus Clover. Now, the OnePlus Clover is a very budget-minded phone. It's going to start at $200. And let's see if I can find these specs for you guys. So we got Android 10 and Oxygen OS 10, a 6.5-inch HD plus IPS. <clears throat> yes, <laughs> I'm sorry. That gives me <laughs> iPhone SE vibes. Ugh. <laughs> Not a fan of IPS or 720p, but that's what we're getting here. It is a $200 phone. Uh, you get the Qualcomm Snapdragon 460. Okay. Mm, yeah. Four gigabytes of RAM, 64 gigabytes of storage. Um, it says micro SD. I read before there was no micro SD, but good thing we see that here. You always like yeah. to see the ability to add more storage, especially on 64 gigabytes. You got a maybe decent camera in the 13, and then two you can just scratch off. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, they're probably going to be like something dumb, like a depth sensor and a mi- micro lens or something. Oh, that's exactly what they are. It's got to be. Yeah, depth sensor and micro lens. Yeah. Exactly. Ugh. Ugh. They do retain the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, so that's nice to see for you guys who love audio. Mm-hmm. Um, 6,000 milliamp hour battery, huge. That's great. That thing's going to last like days. Imagine this uh processor, the IPS panel at 720p. This thing is going to last a long time. And 18 watts, you know what? That's bigger than the 5-watt charger that comes in the SE. So we'll take it. But yeah, um, for me personally, I'm quite disappointed in OnePlus here. Because I don't know if you saw when Marquez interviewed Carl on the Nord. Carl made it a point that OnePlus didn't want to ship junk. And that's a Steve Jobs statement, but they didn't want to ship anything that felt like slow. And I have to think, since he said that they needed to wait for the mid-range processor in the 765G that they apparently used to get a lot better to where it feels no different from their flagships. And then now they're coming out with this Clover series, which is separate from the Nord. That just feels like a big compromise. It feels like they are settling and, you know, given their slogan of never settle this doesn't settle with me well lots of settles there all the puns intended all the puns intended (laughs) oh yeah no i totally agree with you i totally agree with you i'm not really a fan of um i'm not a fan of a couple of things i see here because um because of the um, financial situation in my country 
um, I find myself in a position where I have to constantly look at mid-rangers and budget devices to recommend to friends and family and so on and so forth. And to be very honest with you, at $200, you could get better from other smartphone companies, from other, you know, you could get better from Xiaomi, definitely. Yeah. The Redmi um, Note 9 or the, um, the Redmi 9, rather, is at a hundred and what, hundred and eighty or hundred and fifty dollars? The Redmi Note Nine S is about two hundred dollars or so. You get a ten eighty p display. Um, yes, it's LCD, but it's ten eighty p. You get um, the whole punch. You get a glass sandwich. It's glass on both sides, not wow. plastic at the back. Yeah, you get what twenty five watt fast charging or so. Yeah, you get a five thousand and twenty milliamp hour battery. You get a much faster processor than this. I don't remember what, I think maybe a 730. I feel like the mid-range sector is dominated by like, you know, Xiaomi, maybe Oppo, maybe Realme. And the funny thing is Realme is, um, okay, no, let's not even get into that. But <laughs> yeah, but um, I feel like if OnePlus really wanted to like, you know, branch into the um, really, really budget segments or the entry level segment. They could have done a bit better than this. They could and have I done agree, a bit definitely. better than this. In the US, where this is actually coming, unlike the Nord, um, mm. you mentioned how Xiaomi, Redmi, all those guys are doing well. Now, my alternative is to people in the US because we don't have those kind of options. Mm-hmm. Go for the renewed or the used flagships or older phones because. You can get a Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus for about $200. You can get the Pixel 3a XL for about $200. You can get the OnePlus 6T actually for about $200, all three of which would be better than this option in my opinion. The only um, area this probably beats it really is battery life. But other than that, those phones are going to give you a much better experience for the price. Mm Mm-hmm. You see, that's the problem when um, a lot of companies, one particular company, which I will call out, um, Transient Holdings, they are the scourge of Africa, (laughs) (laughs) keep on tormenting us with terrible, terrible phones, micro USB and so on and so forth. They feel like, you know, because the phones are so cheap, the only thing they have to change every year is the battery. So this year we get 4,000 milliamp hours. Next year we get 5,000. The next year we get 6,000. The processor the chipset remains the same the display remains the same we still get micro usb the cameras remain the same everything remains the same you still have a hot mess of a smartphone but with a bigger battery people we do not want battery banks we want smartphones yeah if i wanted ten thousand milliamp hours i would go out and buy a power bank from anchor or something yeah so yeah, yeah i feel like that's what oneplus is doing here because honestly the processor is subpar the Snapdragon 460, I, I know what I um, personally had to deal with with the Snapdragon 450. I hated it on the um, Galaxy A6 Plus. Mm-hmm. That was about two mm-hmm. years ago. It was a terrible processor on a terrible device. So Do not this recommend- is probably going to be the same. Yes, yeah. I think so. I mean, okay, well, to be fair, that device was running Samsung Experience. This was before One UI. So yeah. that could have, you know, done something. Oxygen OS might make this device feel a lot smoother and so on and so forth. Yeah. But still, I mean, nah, this, this isn't going to be, I don't think it's going to be good. Like last thing, I feel like OnePlus should have allowed the Nord, you know, go to the States. Like they should have shipped the Nord to the United States. That's their biggest mistake with this entire 
um, their shipping process and so on and so forth. Because the OnePlus Nord is very impressive. If they wanted to enter the US market, they should have entered with that and be like, yeah, we have a cheaper alternative to all these expensive smartphones, come and buy this. And then people would be like, oh yeah, okay, this makes sense. If you introduce the Clover into the US where your comp competition is Samsung and um, Apple and maybe LG and Motorola or something, yeah. you're basically just giving, um, giving a lot of people, especially Apple users, no hate, but you're giving a lot of Apple users reasons to be like, look how slow your Android is. Look yeah. how bad yeah. your Android camera is. It's not Android. It's just. Yep. Ah, and that is a huge problem because at least here in the U.S., you're spot on. A lot of people mm. are like, ew, Android. You guys have terrible cameras. You guys exactly. are slow. But mm -hmm. if you look at the Androids of recent days and compare them to the flagship, same price and everything, they're doing quite well, if not better than the iPhones in many areas. But to your point about Oxygen OS versus um, your experience with like TouchWiz, right? Mm -hmm. Oxygen OS, although it's very smooth, it's very clean, it's a big operating system. It takes up a lot of storage. It's quite heavy, actually, even though it runs quite smoothly. So I believe it was Max Weinbach who pointed this out. So I definitely worry about Oxygen OS 10 even on this. I think you could slow down their experience and kind of ruin their image of, oh, we're speed, speed, speed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, OnePlus always came up with the entire, like, you know, built for speed slogan. That was their entire shtick. Like, they're like, oh, we're cheap, we're fast, we're giving you flagship, you know, what's it called? A flagship experience yeah. with, a, uh, you know, with a reasonable price. Yep. But from the OnePlus 7 Pro, they just started, the OnePlus 6T, basically, they just started straying further and further away from their source material, and they've become this jumbled thing that I don't even know what to classify them as anymore. I mean, they went from having one phone a year to two phones a year, the number and the T, yeah. which was okay. Then they started having the OnePlus 6, the OnePlus 6T, the OnePlus 6T Pro, the OnePlus 6 Pro, and I'm like, okay. And then they started with the OnePlus Nord, OnePlus Clover, and before you know it, if they're not careful, they'll start releasing 40 phones a year like our beloved Samsung and right. they will not right. update anyone. Yeah, and that's a huge concern. Like you said, OnePlus is straying away from their kind of image. Like I said in the beginning, never settle, clearly mm -hmm. settling right now. And oh, yeah. that is a big issue to me. Although some people are probably gonna be interested in this phone nevertheless, I just feel it's a bad look for OnePlus. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the name of the phone, it is pretty catchy. OnePlus Clover. Yes. I do like the we name. Yeah, OnePlus we have to Ward, give OnePlus Clover. I actually like them. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. But that's going to be it for today. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this one. If you are listening on Spotify or Anchor, you can check out YouTube for the video. We'll also be posting clips very soon. If you want a shortened version or you want to see particular stories, although those clips will not have um, everything we talk about in the actual podcast. Yeah. So like the clips are like a, a very easy way for you to like, you know, have some teasers in case you want to recommend the podcast to your friends. And they're like, oh, OK, I don't want to spend 30 minutes listening to two people I don't know. Just direct them there. Be like, oh, here is a five minute clip. You can watch that if you yep. know, get what the yep. entire vibe of the podcast is about. Yep, exactly. So 
Hope you all are staying safe out there and that will do it. Peace. Okay. Yeah. Thank you guys. Peace.